Have you ever done something crazy? Something you had second thoughts about even while you were in the process of doing it? You talked about it out loud to make it real, but something inside of you still said, you must be joking. That's how I felt the night I stopped taking birth control and prayed the same prayer Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if you would, please take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. In my new book, Walking on Water, a 21-day devotion on faith, I share my journey through an unplanned pregnancy and how the lessons I learned over the course of nine months will help both you and I to do bold and scary things. You can get your copy of this new book today by going to blackgirlswithpurpose.org forward slash shop forward slash faith. And as a reward for being a part of our Black Girls of Purpose community, you can get your book shipped for free. All you have to do is enter coupon code BGWP. Purpose peeps, we are back with the final episode of our identity series, and it only seemed fitting to me to continue with the storytelling vibe we've had going all month long. Now, if you've been a part of the Black Girls of Purpose community for a while, then you're probably going to hear some things that you've heard before, especially if you attended our conference back in 2017. But before I get into the story for today, I just want to debrief what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. So this month we've been talking about identity, as I said, and we kicked off the first week by saying that we can't know who we are until we know who God is. If he's the one who created us, we should know who he is so that we can find out who he created us to be. In the second week, we talked about how identity precedes activity. So many times in life, we're like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Or if we don't have a relationship with God, we wander around in this life wondering what it is that we should do instead of trying to figure out who it is that we should be. And it ties into the first week when we know who God is and we know who he created us to be. And then when we know who we're created to be, we can figure out what it is that we should be doing. And then last week, we talked about playing our unique part within the body. We talked about the story of Mary, and we talked about how ironic it would have been if she received the calling to be the mother of the Messiah and said, oh, no, that doesn't really work for me. That's not my role. You know, I'm I'm not really a good fit for that. But instead, she said, okay, I'm not really sure how this is going to happen. So she sought to understand. She submitted to God's hand and then she celebrated in advance. She said, okay, let, let it be done to me according to what God said. And what I love about her story is that Mary understood that her calling was attached to something greater than herself. And we're going to actually talk about that a little bit today as we kick off this lesson called The Chosen Ones. Now, this um, particular study is really dear to my heart because the base piece of it actually came from my testimony, my testimony that I share all the time about how I was rejected back in my sophomore year of college with this guy that I thought for sure I was gonna marry and how that really shifted things for me because God said, hey, you've been looking for your identity in guys, you've been looking for your identity in friendships, even in family relationships, and until you start looking to me, you're always going to come up empty. And I think that this story really resonates with me as well, because I think there are so many people who, especially women, who look 
outward for their identity. And when people don't approve them the way that they need to be approved or feel like they need to be validated, then it causes them to do some really scary things. Y'all know if you've been a part of our community that I battled with thoughts of suicide as a teen. And it was because I was looking for other people to validate me, for them to say, oh, you're doing such a great job. You're such a good writer. You're so pretty, whatever the case may be. And when I didn't receive that kind of affirmation from them, I just didn't want didn't know what to do with myself and I just thought well if no one cares about me then why am I even here and so if you're listening to this podcast today I know that this episode is for you and if you have ever felt that way if you've ever felt like well nobody even seems to see me what is the point then I am so grateful that God had you tune in if you are new to our community welcome I'm so glad that you're here I hope that you'll keep listening every week we do these podcasts every week we have an uh, Instagram and YouTube Bible study every week so follow us on Instagram if you're not already at black girls with purpose and then I would love for you to join our email list you can do that by going to blackgirlswithpurpose.org slash join and when you do that you'll get a series of emails from me a bunch of freebies like coupon codes for our black girls of purpose shop you'll get our purpose pathway guide that helps you figure out just what on earth you're here for and a few other things i won't tell you over the air because i just want you to subscribe to the email list first so that you can get it but with all of that out of the way i do want to jump into today's lesson we are going to be coming out of first peter 2 and 9 and we're also going to read verse 10. So it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. At first you were not a people, but now you are a people. At first you were not shown mercy, but now you have received mercy. And before I get into the lesson and, and share more of my testimony, I do want to pray. So Lord God, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. Thank you for your mercy and your peace for continuing to mold us and shape us into who you predestined for us to be. Lord God, thank you for this identity series that we've been going through over the past few weeks uh, that we learned that we have to know who you are before we can know who we are, Lord God, that we have to learn that identity precedes activity. And then once we know who we are in you, we have to be obedient in what it is that you've called us to do. So many of us are being called to do bold and scary things, God, but I just pray that we would learn to trust in you, Lord. Uh, Your word says that you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future, Lord God. And so I pray for everyone listening today, if they feel like they're in a place where it's unfamiliar territory, Lord, that they would just stand in confidence that if you've led them there, Lord God, you're going to lead them through it. And Lord, I just pray that uh, if people are listening and they did not know who they were in you when they tuned in, that they will leave this episode knowing exactly who you have called them to be. So I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So getting into my testimony, it was the fall semester of my sophomore year in college and I found myself sitting in a dark room, my parents, in my parents' house actually, over Christmas break. I had just gotten off the phone with the guy I thought was my husband and the conversation we had did not go the way that I expected. In fact, I walked away from that conversation thinking we were going to enter into a relationship and he walked away from that conversation asking me how to be in a relationship with someone else who was not me. The conversation went a little something like this and I changed his name for privacy. Him. Hey, Bree. Me. This is on the phone. Hey, Tim. Him. I'm thinking of asking this girl to be my girlfriend. Me. In my head. Oh my gosh, he's about to ask me to be his girlfriend. But aloud I said, oh really? Tell me more about her. Him, her name is Tiffany. Me, in my head. My name is 
free. Now, Tim went on to discuss all the reasons why Tiffany was so great, but I wasn't really listening. My heart sunk to my feet as soon as I heard that he hadn't chosen me. You see, Tim wasn't the first guy who had dated around me, as my mom used to say. He wasn't the first guy who didn't choose me. I felt like I was always people's second choice or third choice, that ride or die chick that was there if you didn't have a girlfriend or you were trying to figure out what it is that you were doing. But I thought that Tim was different, that he was the one who really wanted me. And unfortunately, I was deceived. I remember getting off the phone that evening and just feeling so rejected. And in that moment, God said, I haven't rejected you. I have called you chosen. I say that you're royalty. It felt like I had walked into this grand ballroom. The chandeliers were sparkling. The walls were lined with stained glass from floor to ceiling and everyone around me was dancing. Suddenly a king emerges from the crowd. I try to find a dark place to hide before he sees me. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of a king, I think to myself. But before I can find a dark corner, He sees me and he calls me by my name. He says the same thing. You're chosen, you're royalty. I explained to him that despite my presence at the ball, I'm not feeling very royal, but he assures me I can take my position as queen so long as I'm willing to do four things. The first thing I must do is change my attire. The second thing I must do is change my associations. The third thing I must do is change my attitude. And the fourth thing I must do is change my actions. Now, first I must change my attire. Going back to our passage of scripture, we read 1 Peter 2 and 9 and also verse 10, but in verse 4, Peter is actually talking about Jesus Christ. He refers to Jesus as a living stone. It says he was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, Christ, like us, is viewed as precious and chosen. I remember having my husband look up the definition of precious as I was preparing for this message, and it means of great value or highly priced. The problem is many of us don't see ourselves as precious or of high value because we've been rejected by men. And something that God revealed to me when I first did this study, he said, so many of you are supposed to be these high-end garments, right? If we're, if we're comparing ourselves to clothing, you're supposed to be these high-end garments, but you have put a cheap price tag on yourself and you are willing to sell yourself to anybody who will even look at you. They will not treat you the way that you deserve to be treated, but you're like, okay, well, at least they put me in their basket. And I know for me, that's how it was when I was younger. When I was a teenager, I had really poor friendships. I didn't have people who affirmed me. I didn't have people who had my best interests at heart around me. And I remember dealing with so many things that I didn't need to deal with just because I thought, well, at least they're friends with me. And being friends, even with this person that's not a great friend is better than being lonely, right? completely wrong. What God has shown me, especially even in this season, is that it's better to be alone sometimes with him than it is to be in the presence of people who don't really know your worth or your identity. And that ties into the second change that we have to make if we're going to be royalty, and that's changing our associations. I know that this is hard for many, especially we as women who are very loyal friends so if you have a friend that you've had since the fifth grade even if that relationship is not fruitful anymore you think oh well they've known me you know they've been around for me they help name my children whatever the case may be but the truth of the matter is not everybody can go where you're going and in my book the black girl's guide to living on purpose i actually create the analogy of eagles and pigeons how often do you see eagles and pigeons hanging out not very often right and i was even on the wise line uh, a wise prayer line that i do every week 
I was on that line this morning and a connection God made with me. He said, you also don't see eagles hanging out with a bunch of other eagles. Eagles are often alone when you see them. And I thought that was so interesting, but it revealed this fear that we have. We would rather be in a flock of pigeons, even though we know we're created to do greater things. If we, Even though we know we're supposed to be on higher heights, we'd rather be in a flock of pigeons sometimes just because of the familiarity. And we're like, okay, well, you know, I know this isn't what I should be doing. I know I shouldn't be at this bar. I know I shouldn't be at this club. I know I don't need to be having these kind of conversations. I don't need to be watching this thing on TV, but this is where everybody is. So this is where I'm going to be. And you have to be bold enough to fly on eagles, eagles wings. You have to be bold enough to say, you know what, Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to be with me. And I'm trusting as well that you're not going to leave me or forsake me, but that you're also going to provide me with the community that I need, that you're not going to have me just out here alone because we were created for a community. Now, I had said on our Bible study last week that Jasmine in the Aladdin movie was hanging out with the commoners during one of the scenes. And then there's a scene where a boat comes in and she has to go back to the palace to resume her royal duties. And what God showed me in that, he said, you know, some of some of y'all, y'all are kind of hanging with the commoners, acting like a peasant right now. That's cool. But eventually there your calling is going to require you to resume your royal duty so he's like have fun while you can but this calling that I have on your life it's still going to come to pass and it made me think about Queen Esther who we kicked this series off with at the beginning or actually we did we talked about Esther last month we did an entire series on Esther and I was God was creating a connection between Esther and this series because he was showing me Esther had a responsibility and she also had a choice when the king said hey you're going to be queen She could have been like, oh, no, same thing with Mary. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's too big of a role for me. But she didn't. She took on that position and she knew that there were other people attached to her obedience. So that's what you and I have to understand. That's what we have to believe. And that ties into our third change that we have to make if we're going to be royalty. We have to change our attitude. If you're walking around thinking that you're less than you are, that's likely all that you'll ever be. Many of us have unknowingly developed peasant mentalities. We don't think the way that royalty thinks. We're always afraid we're going to go hungry instead of trusting that God is going to supply our needs. We're constantly worried about getting kicked out of the kingdom instead of abiding in the peace that salvation brings. And instead of being confident in our anointing by God, we are wanting to be approved by men. Then we start acting confused when things don't work out the way that we expected. Now, I've shared many times, I just shared earlier, that I had suicidal thoughts as a teen. And as I entered college, I didn't realize the tendency to think poorly about myself followed me. I was still looking for relationships with friends or guys to validate me. I thought being chosen by them was worth everything. All the while, I missed the underlying truth that God had already chosen me. And even now, y'all, fast forward where I am confident in my identity in Christ. I know who God has created me to be. I know what it is that he has placed me on this earth to do. I still have moments as a a wife and a mom where I realize, oh, I have to keep my eyes on my heavenly father, the king, because if I look to my husband to applaud me every time I make a healthy recipe, or if I look to my children to say, which of course they can't talk that much right now, but if I'm looking to them to say, oh my gosh, mom, you're the most fantastic mom. If that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, then I'm gonna still come up empty. I think of Colossians 3 and 23, which says, Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as unto God and not unto men. And that's what you have to stand on, my friend. That is what you have to 
use as the foundation for everything you do. He is the one who's made you a queen. So he is the one who are, who you are aiming to please. That's what Paul said. He says, we make it our aim to please him. And so if you know that your identity is rooted in God, then no matter what other people are saying, you're going to be able to show up to your position consistently. You're going to be able to carry out your royal duties without looking and seeing, oh, is anybody paying attention to me? And you're going to get joy out of it. Y'all, this week alone, I have gotten so much satisfaction from knowing that God sees me and that he knows me. And over the past few weeks, he just continued to send people my way to say, God sees you. He's proud of you. Don't stop. God sees you. He's proud of you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. And I really am learning to live my life for an audience of one because... It's the best way to be. Even though I love my husband dearly, I love my children dearly. If God forbid something were to happen to them and my identity is attached to who I am in their lives, then when they leave, I'm just like, well, okay, Lord, I thought that was what my role was supposed to be. And now that role is gone or that role has expired. So I don't know what you have for me. So make sure as you are operating in your queenliness that you are always looking to our heavenly father the ultimate king not to your friends not to your family to god and then because you're operating out of your royal place your royal positioning then the things that you do for your family and friends and everyone who's attached to you they're automatically going to be anointed and they're automatically going to be blessed because that's just the identity that you're operating from if that makes sense so, so far I've talked about three things. I said that if we want to take on our position as royalty, first we must change our attire, second we must change our associations, third we must change our attitude, but lastly we have to change our actions. Now this is a big piece and it kind of ties in with what I was saying with the associations. If you're saying that you're royalty, that means that you're going to have to change up some things. And I know for me, y'all know that I talk so much about my eating and how I feel like God doesn't allow me to eat a lot of things. Old Brie, my biggest thing was just not eating too much. And now God has me in a place of, okay, it's not just what you eat, it's how much you eat and it's when you eat too. And it seems really restrictive, right? But I am reminded of what I've been talking to y'all about countless times in the Bible study that we do every week on Instagram is that this is just a period of discipline and training. And scripture says that we should not despise the Lord's discipline because he disciplines the one he loves and he chastises the one that he calls his own. And so if God is calling you a queen, going back to Esther, you're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to be purified of some things. You're going to have to change your mindset on some things. You're going to have to experience the elimination of some friendships, some mentalities. But when you do, it's not because God is trying to punish you. He's just saying, okay, your actions have to change as a result of who I've called you to be. So you can't go to work and curse everybody out anymore. You cannot be a poor steward of your finances anymore. You cannot be rude to your family. There are different changes that I'm having in you because I need people to look at you automatically and think, oh man, she's a queen. Oh, she's a queen. And, and, and what I love y'all about this too is that when you become and step into your role as a queen or and your into your role as royalty, people will notice. I shared at the beginning about the guy, he didn't want to date me. And honestly, when I look back at that, I, I said, okay, well, what about me 
made it seem like I would be the kind of woman who was okay with you not only choosing not to date me, but also to ask me how to ask someone else to be your girlfriend when you knew I had feelings for you. That showed that I didn't come off as a very confident person. That that shows a lot of things about me. But now, fast forward to my relationship with my husband and... He saw a different person. He saw a different Brie or Brianna. I talked about uh, the power of my name and how it means strength and how it means noble. And that's who I have become and am becoming. And I love that about myself. I love that God is helping me to step into this fullness of my identity. And he's helping me to cast off those things that don't or cannot be associated with royalty where it does not always feel good in the moment. And a lot of times I think, God, why? Like, why me? But I know that he has a higher purpose for myself, for my family, for this entire ministry. And he has a, a, a huge purpose for you as well, if you're listening to this. And so I just want you to tell yourself that if I want to be royalty, I must change my attire I must change my associations. I must change my attitude. I must change my actions. I am not common. I am not discounted. I am royalty. I am chosen. Now you may feel like you cannot be chosen. You may feel like, oh Lord, no, don't pick me. But remember Esther and remember Mary. They had such important callings. And if they had not stepped into their callings, then you and I may not have gotten the opportunity to know Jesus today. And there is someone who needs you to step into your position as queen. There is someone who needs you to obey. And so I am just so grateful for everything that God is going to do through your life, through your ministry. And I am praying that you will keep your eyes on him in the midst of everything, because there are going to be some times when it seems overwhelming. But just remember, there is never a time where you are overwhelmed that God isn't going to or cannot use that experience to draw you back to himself. To, to draw you into him so he can give you the discipline and the instruction that you need. I've been reading through the story of the Israelites and I read through how he was given detailed instructions about building the tabernacle. And what God showed me, he said, Bree, you're about to enter into uncharted territory, but it's okay. I'm going to be with you in the same way that the Israelites were going into the promised land. and It was uncharted territory for them. Look how detailed I was and giving them the instructions that they needed. And so you may feel like, oh no, I cannot step into this. I'm not cut out for this. You were tailor made to be queen. And I know that God is going to bless you exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. So long as you're willing to submit to his hand and seek to understand, like we talked about last week, and then celebrate and say, God, thank you for choosing me. And thank you for everyone who's going to be blessed as a result of me walking in royalty. Now, I want to share our verse of the week and our song for the week. So if you're new to the Black Girls of Purpose community, every week I have a verse that I'd love for you to meditate on throughout the week that helps kind of reapply what it is that we talked about in our Bible study. And then I have a song for the week just for you to listen to that will hopefully encourage you and help you remember everything that we talked about today. So the verse of the week is 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light and the song is royalty by molly music if you haven't heard it it's a really great song i have listened to it countless times because i have given this testimony countless times it's actually the first time i spoke to a group of girls i told them this story and it's just so funny how god continues to bring it up again and again and again and i think it's just a reminder of how 
how far he has brought me in my walk with him and the fact that he continues to add new elements to my testimony is is really a blessing so i hope you'll listen to that song and then i actually have a call to action for everyone who's listening to this so i said that when you become royalty you have to change your associations and many people may think okay brie these are the people i've known my entire life how am i just supposed to cut ties with them I want to challenge you, if you are not a part of a church body, a body of Christ, if you are not a member of a church home, if you're just orphaning it right now, I would challenge you this week to get tied into a body, that you will join that church that you've been going to every week, that you will put your membership in somewhere. And then even if you're a member somewhere, but you're not actively serving, I would challenge you to serve in ministry starting this upcoming week. And of course, I know it's summer, so things may not be popping, but if you can just go to a Bible study or volunteer at a picnic or something, I promise you being tied in with other believers is going to help you more than what you think. And a lot of you are not operating in in the fullness of your identity because you've cut yourself off from the body. And we talked about that last week. If I says, oh, well, I'm not a foot, so I'm not a part of the body. It doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And my husband, he's a gardener, many of you know, and he always gives the analogy of a rose bush if you cut a rose off the bush then it dies but as even if you cut the head off of a rose so long as it's still attached to the bush it will still grow again and so for some of y'all you have cut yourself off from the body and that's why you feel like you're dying spiritually but if you will reattach yourself or graft yourself back in then God's going to do some incredible things. So I I challenge you this week, please, 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 please look into joining a church home. If you do not know Jesus as your savior, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. It's very simple. Scripture says, if you would confess with the Lord, uh, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you can just say, Lord God, I confess that I'm a sinner. I I want you to come into my life. I want you to change me. I believe that your son died, but that he didn't stay dead, that he was raised again on the third day so that I could have a relationship with you. And I just invite you into my heart right now, Lord God, change me, use me. I want to be royalty. Help me to be used for your ultimate purpose, Lord God. Help me to become in service to you, my King. So we, Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, for everyone who is believing you, uh, everyone who's accepted you into their heart, Lord God, and for all those believers who are going to get plugged into a body of Christ this week. Uh, Lord God, I just pray that you will make it crystal clear, evident where it is that you would have them to serve, Lord God, and how they can use their specific gifts. Uh, we know that all of us have different ga- talents and different gifts, Lord God. So I just pray that They will be able to operate in them fully, Lord God. I pray that you will open up the eyes of the pastors and different people who they they may be serving with so that they can just reach their maximum potential in you, Lord God. So we just thank you, Lord. We praise you for all the things that you're doing right now, all the things that you'll continue to do in, around, and through us. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.
And if you don't remember anything else from this episode, know that you are royalty.